Welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. We are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and I want to welcome back uh, the brilliant Mr. Dan Potts. How you doing, mate? Hey, Harry. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all good. Cheers, bro. Not so bad. I'm, I'm trying to keep warm, man. This snow is doing my head in. I can't, I don't, I'm not good with the cold, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. And you know what? I went outside a little while ago, maybe, what, 15, 20 minutes ago. And I noticed that there was loads of snow on top of my little barbecue area. So I got the the, the the brush and I tried to knock it off and it was frozen solid. I took off these chunks of ice that were as, lo- as long as my arm. Um, so yeah, hopefully it hasn't done too much damage, but I agree with you. The snow is shit. Um, I don't understand why people like it. Right. Um, the title of this edition of the podcast Mikel Arteta's process, is it working, has sparked lots of debate in the live chat. You can see the live chat is full already uh, with people agreeing, with people disagreeing with what Mikel Arteta is doing so far. And the reason I wanted to talk to you today, Dan, is because we have a a slightly different view and I think it makes for a a very good and healthy debate. Um, Where are you in terms of Mikel Arteta's process? Are you on board with it? Do you think it's working? Have you seen signs of improvement or have you been a little bit underwhelmed by where we find ourselves? Uh, Underwhelmed is an understatement, mate. I think, Jesus. Um, I think if you look back to the 3-0 victory at Fulham on the first day of the season and you would have said to me then, in February, we're going to be out of both competitions in terms of the domestic cups and we're going to be sitting 11th in the table behind West Ham and Leeds, I would have said, well, it was nice while it lasted. Thanks for winning us an FA Cup, but who's going to be the manager? Because I certainly wouldn't have expected it to be Mikel Arteta. I just personally feel like he is underachieving. And people can tell me that he hasn't got the players all he wants. We have got players that are good enough to be better than 11th place in the league. I don't care what anybody says. We're in a situation where we don't understand the style of play. I started to see his style of play over the last couple of games, but he's been in the job for 14 months. I don't quite understand what his team selection or substitutions have been. I don't understand some of his um, management of some of the players individually. And there's a lot of question marks that I've got. Now, I want to put this out there straight away. I'm not get Arteta the hell out of this club because he's an absolute numbskull. But what I am going to say is I always wanted an experienced head, Harry, and I wanted the process to be of someone who's done something before that we could have seen uh, ambition with. So whether it was a Carlo Ancelotti, whether it was an Allegri or a Simeone or somebody like that who has previous experience of winning in European competitions at the very top. And in the case of Rafa Benitez and Carlo Ancelotti, they've also done it in the Premier League as well as in Europe. So that was what we wanted. So really my fingers are pointing towards the board in terms of this process. I don't see the process as Mikel Arteta's process. It should be the club's process. And I think that the club have backed this manager 
as being who they believe is going to take us forward for the next five years. And if the rumours are to be true about him getting offered new contracts and stuff like that, that you would suggest that they think he's doing a good job. And I can't understand and get behind the fact that he is doing a good job when we were out of both competitions. Looks to me that everybody's really nervous about the Benfica game because they don't believe we're playing well enough to get past them over two legs. And in the league, I think the league position says it all. I think he's underachieving. I still think that we've got better players than people give us credit for. Some of them are shocking, and I've been very adamant about the ones I don't like. But I still think that we have got a good side. I don't look at the squads around us in the top six, let's say, and go, my God, we're miles behind them in terms of quality. I look at our squad personally, and I'll pick out a few. We've got Aubameyang. Yes, he's off form, but he's been one of the most successful strikers in the Premier League of the last two and a half seasons. Lacazette's now apparently playing really well because of the youngsters around him. We've got absolutely young, inspiring, vibrant, enthusiastic players like Saka and Smith-Rowe, which everybody would love to have in their side. We've got Pepe in the last three games he's managed to get something out of. We've got Thomas Partey in midfield who gives us balance. We've got Gabriel and Pablo Marie. And by the way, Rob Holding, who everyone believes is the next um, Tony Adams. We've got Kieran Tierney at left back. And we've got a goalkeeper that everyone gives stick for, but has kept us in games for the last five or six games I've seen that he's played. So apart from the Wolves game, I don't really see that there was anything that Leno has done particularly dreadfully wrong. Um, So why are we 11th in the league? I don't understand what the process is. Process cheese, mate. That's all I see. I don't understand what it is. So no, (laughs) it is an answer. (laughs) For me, I take on a lot of the points that you've said and and a lot of them do make sense you know when you look at Arsenal's league position there's no way that you could be satisfied with Arsenal sitting in 11th place in the Premier League there's no way you know and and you've mentioned yourself on on previous shows that there are teams around us who have obviously played less games as well and that could potentially get even worse so I understand why people um, have been left frustrated by the league position and there's no getting away from that look at the end of the day we can look at look at where we are as a football club. We can acknowledge that we're in a rebuilding process. We can acknowledge that, um, you know, this is going to take a bit of time. But at a club the size of Arsenal, there's no getting away from the fact that results matter. And, you know, if you're a team on a rebuild and you're used to being around about mid-table and, and you find yourself slightly lower than usual, you can kind of go, well, we're rebuilding. So as long as we're safe, as long as we're not getting dragged into the relegation fight, then where we are in the league is not necessarily that important. But in Arsenal's case, you don't get that luxury because you're talking about, in my opinion, and I'm being fair when I say this, I think I think you're looking at the third biggest club in this country behind Manchester United and Liverpool. I think it's fair to say that in terms of support, in terms of global reach, that, that's where we are. And so Arsenal can't be in 11th and people can't be happy with Arsenal being in 11th. However, what I will say is, if you scratch beneath the surface a little bit, you will see some progress. Now, there's an argument to be had around whether that's enough progress or not. And and that is a fair uh, debate to have, a fair discussion to have, in my opinion. The issue that people are having right now, I think is, and you can tell me if this is the case for you, Dan, is that, you know, yes, you acknowledge that defensively we've got better. We've seen a style of play at least emerge in the last couple of months or so, which is all positive. Some of the recruitment has has been decent. Some of it's not been good, but some of it's been okay. You know, Gabriel's done well, I think, overall. Had a bit of a blip of late, but in general, he's been a good signing. Thomas Partey's been a good signing. Um, injuries are obviously out of, out of the manager's hands. It's just a little bit unlucky. 
But, you know, those things that I've pointed out, they're a little bit beneath the surface, aren't they, Dan? You have to scratch a little bit deeper to find those because the league position is, I think, what is dominating people's view right now on, on Mikel Arteta. Yeah, that, listen, I 100% agree. Your Wi-Fi is a little bit uh, bad, but I think I got what you said, mate. I think personally what you look at in terms of scratching beneath the service is sometimes when I've looked at Arsenal over the last sort of 10 years, off the pitch, it's been an absolute mess in terms of recruitment and what we're doing with the board level. I think Gazidis is to blame. I think Arsene Wenger was to blame. I think Sven Mislintat was nowhere near as good as people thought he was going to be. I think Raul Senlehi's got a lot of mistakes that he's made. And now we've seen for the first time in the first last couple of transfer windows is a plan. And I think that when you look at Edu and you look at Arteta if it is right about them teaming up and getting the players they want in then I would be, agree with you to say that the last couple of windows and perhaps the last one under Unai Emery was fairly successful because I think Kieran Tierney and Danny Ceballos have come in and done good jobs Danny Ceballos over the period of his Arsenal career I would say would not be worth keeping however he has done, had glimpses of, of showing some quality I think that when you look at the Pepe situation that's probably one along with Willian that you could say has not worked out but like you party. Pablo Marie, Cedric's proven to be a squad player. Gabriel, I agree, has been a good player. Uh, and uh, obviously Martinelli, who came in under Unai Emery, um, although through injuries, which is frustrating, he has looked to be a good player. So I think the recruitment is something that we've certainly improved on the likes of Chakas and Mustafis and Kalasanax of this world, 100%. And it looks like we're going for a different style of type of player now. But when I look at the stuff on the pitch, I'm pretty clueless. I don't quite understand what our style of play is is supposed to be, but I've managed to see in the last couple of games what I think it is. <laughs> and that's kind of playing out from the back. I like the triangle passes that I'm seeing between Saka, Lacazette and Smith-Rowe. I like some of the passes that I'm seeing um, from Thomas Party in midfield, who's always thinking of going forward. Um, and I like some of the off-the-ball high-intensity stuff that I'm that I'm seeing or did see, particularly in the first half against Wolves, which I don't even want to go into that game. Um so I feel that that is something I'm seeing off the pitch, which I like and started to see on the pitch. But as a whole, I look at this situation right now and I'm fed up with the excuses I'm hearing for this manager. I don't think that any other manager is getting these amount of excuses. And I also don't see how David Moyes with Antonio up front can manage to get West Ham competing for European places. Marcelo Bielsa managing to get a championship side ahead of Arsenal and Dean Smith, who six to seven months ago was fighting for relegation, has bought really well in the recruitment process with Martinez, Konza, uh, Ollie Watkins and Ross Barkley. And all of a sudden, they look miles ahead of where Arsenal been over the, uh, the, uh, the course of the season. And they're again fighting for European places. I really struggle to see how anybody can sit there, take a step back and go, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing from Arteta. This is just exceptional. And I can't do that. I have to be real. I don't look at, Harry, at what happened before. I don't look at what Arteta could do in two, three windows time. I don't look at where Arsenal are in five years because all we keep saying is, how good are we going to be in five years? Imagine if we keep hold of Fabregas and Van Persie in five years. We didn't. Imagine if we keep hold of these players, Jack Wilshere's and Ramsey's in five years. We didn't. I don't want to start looking at five years' time. I want to look at what we're doing now. I look at the present and I try to speak as truthfully as I can about the opinions. And I'm not always positive because what I'm seeing on the pitch is not particularly positive at the moment. I still see a team that's harder to beat, but a team that's getting beaten. And I would rather have got beat 3-2 than 1-0 all the time. Where have our goals gone? 
I'm looking at three of the strikers in the Premier League that are, by the way, I believe factually the most expensive in the league in Lacazette, Aubameyang and Pepe. And he can't get them scoring. And I don't know why that is. And it can't be all three of their fault. It must be the way we're playing or the style that he's asking us to do. So there's so many question marks there, H. So many question marks. Yeah, there there are lots of questions. There are lots of questions. And I agree with you that in the final third, we, we've lost our way a little bit in general under Mikel Arteta. We're nowhere near as potent as we were. But do you not acknowledge that this has been a, a difficult season for many other reasons as well, outside of Mikel Arteta's control, i.e. the COVID thing? You know, that's had an impact on loads of teams. You're looking at Liverpool, for example, who were so dominant last season and now find themselves well off the pace. Um, you know, you're looking at situations that were clearly going on behind the scenes with regards to senior players who, who Mikel Arteta didn't see as part of his plans, as part of his future, the distraction of that. Do you not think we've been unlucky in losing Kieran Tierney as often as we have given he's such a key member of the side in we've been unlucky having spent 45 million pounds on Thomas Partey a player who historically was always fit and now is struggling to to get himself ready for each passing game do you not think we've been um unlucky with the off the field distractions that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's had and maybe that's had an impact on his form it's not me making excuses for him because I can see a lot of people in the chat are saying, you know, it's, it, those who are making excuses for Arteta are, are, you know, are the ones with the agenda. That was what um, Munyaradzi said. He said, the fans who keep coming up with the excuses for Arteta are the ones with the agenda. For me, it's not an agenda, right? For me, it is simply this. Arsenal won the FA Cup last season, right? Off the back of what was a dreadful league campaign. Now, that's the beauty of cup football. Right, You can turn up on the day and you can win something and you can achieve something, but it is not a true reflection of where you are as a football team. Right, where you A, a true reflection of where you are as a football team, I believe, is the league because over 38 games, you play everybody twice, home and away. That is where you can judge progress, I think. And, and a lot of Premier League managers have been quoted as saying that in the last sort of year or so. The Premier League is... is the, the barometer by which you can judge where your football club are at. So put the FA Cup win to one side, because in my opinion, what the FA Cup win did, whilst it gave us lots of joy, something to celebrate after what was a dismal season, actually it raised the level of expectation. And I feel that it raised the level of expectation too high, too high, because you look at that side that finished eighth last season, you, you have to see that you, you have to understand that we have to move players out in order for the rebuild to happen. And we've only managed to start actually doing that in January. It didn't happen last summer. We'd have liked it to, but it didn't. And now the rebuild is is really beginning. If Arsenal end up finishing below eighth, then I will accept that in terms of our, our progress, you know, the, the club might look at it that, that, that things have happened behind the scenes that were good. I would agree that if we finish below where we finished last season, we've, we've gone backwards. You know, I will put my hands up at that point and say, yeah, you know what, this season we went backwards. And then for me, the pressure will really be on Mikel Arteta at the start of next season. The issue I've got here is that the season's not finished. You know, I know we're not where we need to be, but we could still finish eighth. We could still finish higher than that. And I'm not saying that for a second that is acceptable for a club of Arsenal football club size. All I'm saying is when people say it's making excuses for Mikel Arteta, for me, that's not what it is. And I can, I can only speak for myself. But for me, 
It is looking at where Arsenal were, understanding where we were, not allowing the FA Cup win to blur my judgment and and and, and realising that we are a long, long way as a football club in so many ways, not just on the pitch, off of it as well, from getting back up to where we need to be. Can Arteta and Edu do that? I don't know. It's still early days. This is a manager who still hasn't had a full season in charge. You've got Edu coming in, essentially having to take on the roles of others as well. There's been so much uncertainty off the pitch. And and, and now with all this COVID stuff and, you know, the, 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 the fact that Arsenal are having to restructure as a club in terms of making people redundant, changing departments around, I worry that actually people are going to give Mikel Arteta all the grief, but the club aren't, even if we need them to be, going to be in a position in the summer where they can say, here's 60, 70 million, Mikel, go and get a couple more players and take that development one level higher. I'm genuinely worried about that. And if that is to be the case, Dan, is it fair then to put all the blame at Mikel Arteta's door? No, no, it's not fair to put all the blame on Mikel Arteta. And as I said earlier on, I personally feel, hey, KC, I personally feel that you look at the situation with... Um, what the board of owners are doing at the moment. Uh, sorry, the board and owners are doing. Stan Kroenke and Josh Kroenke, when Arsene Wenger left, I said, go and get Diego Simeone or Allegri. And they gave us Emery. When Uno Emery went, everybody was crying out for an Ancelotti or a, a type of manager like Rafa Benitez who was going to take us forward with the experience. And they gave us Mikel Arteta. So Mikel Arteta is doing the best he can. Mikel Arteta is doing what he believes is best and I'm not seeing that his best is good enough. I'll go right back to what you said about can I look past this season. This season has been the same for everybody. Um, COVID is not an excuse because it would be an excuse for the other 19 teams in the league as well. Injuries is also not an excuse. I look at Manchester City who have had Aguero and De Bruyne out. Liverpool have had Van Dijk and I think they're playing three of their centre midfielders at centre-back. Manchester United have had injury problems. Tottenham have had injury problems. Harry Kane has only just come back, who everyone said he was going to be out for the season. And yet again, two weeks later, he's back. So everybody's had injury problems. And if we are seriously going into this saying that we are in trouble because Thomas Partey and Kieran have been injured, then we really are not showing any progress at all. I look at the league as it is, and I look at other teams around us. And if we are seriously now as good as Palace, as good as Newcastle, as good as Southampton and as good as Leeds, then the answer is no, there is no progress because we are regressing if that's who we are now clumped with. The other thing I'll take is, and understand from what you said, Harry, is that the season is not over. I've predicted us right at the start of the season to fight for the top six. I didn't think we were going to get top four, but I thought we'd fight for it. And the reason I thought we'd fight for it is because I saw a Gabriel and a Thomas Party coming, two players that we've needed in that position for many years. And now it's like, no, we, they, 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 you know, that, that's not going to make us any better because this is where we are supposed to be now. I, what, I suppose what I'm getting at is people have kind of accepted the mediocrity a bit too too much for me. Um, they've accepted that 11th place is OK and he's still doing a good job. They've accepted that being out the FA Cup is not a problem because it was all about three points at Southampton. And then we've messed it up again in the league. So now we're out of the cup and we're out of the top four race. There's too many mistakes at the moment. And I'm not understanding the continuous mistakes. And it's one thing I'll say. I never rated Granite Chakra and Mustafi for one reason. They kept making the same mistakes. 
I can accept mistakes. Everybody does. I think every footballer and every football manager makes mistakes. It's the same mistakes I'm seeing. And I will never forgive people for making the same mistakes. And that's why me and you disagree about Chaka because for every great game he has, he has a shocking mistake that he's done for the last five years. Mikel Arteta is making the same mistakes now. And he's bringing on Willian all the time, forcing this guy. And I don't know if there's something in his contract which says he has to play or it says he has to make so many appearances, but I'm seeing the same mistakes with him. I'm seeing the treatment of players in the past like Pepe and Maitland-Niles and William Saliba. And then I'm seeing the way he's treated players like Willian and Chaka for doing probably as bad things. I'm not seeing Willian perform, yet he's playing all the time. Um, I'm seeing Pepe get sent off and then I'm seeing Chaka get sent off and he comes out again and makes silly mistakes by saying one of them was a mistake, the other one wasn't a mistake. Silly mistake to make. Don't say that, you know. Don't come out and say anything or come out and make sure you're consistent in what you're saying. I, there's a too many mistakes for me of him making um, that makes me realise that he's not ready. And let me, let me just, before I forget to, to make this point, let, t- touching on. on the Granite Xhaka thing a minute, right? Because... You know, me and you disagree all the time about Granite Xhaka, right? Granite Xhaka, my argument has always been with him is that he was never given the right partner and the team never had the right balance for him to not have his flaws exposed, right? And now under Mikel Arteta, he has that. And you cannot deny that over the period of time that Mikel Arteta has been in charge, Granite Xhaka has been far better than he has been in previous years. You cannot deny that right now he is one of the most important parts of the team. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to, I think we've got to get past that. You've got to, at some point, look at the reasons why Granite Xhaka wasn't so good in the past. And some of them are down to him, but some of them are down to the fact the team lacked balance and he was exposed in the middle of the park really often. And and that was a problem for us. The other thing is you said COVID's not an excuse. COVID absolutely is an excuse because if you look at COVID, the fact that we've had to condense a season that would normally start in the middle of August to start in the middle of September and it has to be finished in time for the Euros means the games have been squeezed together and the injuries that some of our players have picked up, the injuries that Partey, Tierney, for example, have picked up, they wouldn't have happened if they were playing once a week if they were playing once every four or five days. Instead, there's been many weekends this season where we've played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, or Sunday, Wednesday. You know, It's not enough time to turn those players around. And if you look at the Premier League as an overall league and you look at the number of players teams have used this season, Arsenal are right at the top of that list. We're in second place behind West Brom. We've used, we've had to use 28 players. Some of the clubs you mentioned, Aston Villa, Leeds, they're doing, they're punching above their weight this season. Those sides have been far more fortunate. They've not had European football and both of them have only used 21 players. Manchester City, for all the massive squad that they have, they've only used 23. Man United, 24. So these teams that are doing well have been more fortunate with injuries. And and I believe that the injuries and the fatigue and the need for rotation is because of the, the nature of this season. So I think you can't, dismiss the impact that COVID's had. Is it the only, is it an excuse worthy of us being in 11th? I'm not saying it's, it's, you know, you can put all of it on that, but it is a thing for me. I think COVID is an excuse, but it's an excuse for all 20 sides. So if it was an excuse that Arsenal, by the way, I will just say, I don't know if it's my Wi-Fi or yours. uh, So I apologize if it is my Wi-Fi. Um, 
I think that, yes, it is an excuse um, for all teams. But if it was Arsenal have had so many injuries, so many people with COVID and everyone else is absolutely flying high, then I'd suggest, yeah, 11th place is about right because we've been playing our reserves. But we haven't been playing our reserves. We've had quite a few um, members of our team that were available. I look at the situation that you said about Granite Xhaka and it's quite simple for me. We have a situation where a player has improved because of Thomas Party, not because of Mikel Arteta. The players improved because of Thomas Party, which you always have said, Harry, he needs a partner. And I've always agreed with that. I don't want players at my club that need partners. I want players that you don't matter where you play them. They are going to be quality for you. Thomas Partey is an example of that. You can play him with anybody and he will look class. And I think what we've got there now is one good player and one exceptional player. And that means we can upgrade on Granite Chaka. He's done very, very well over the... I'll probably say this season. I'll give him this season, actually. I think he's been actually a really good player for us. But I don't look at the situation. I think that is what we need next to Thomas Party for the next five years. So we definitely need an upgrade on him. And the reason I say that is because he is very, very slow. He looks lacklustre at times. And although he's got a beautiful left foot, and he has got actually quite a, a powerful left foot when he wants to, I always think he should shoot more I'm outside the box, Granite Chaka. Um... I still feel that he slows the game down way too much right, for what that, we want moving fine. forward. That's fine that you want to upgrade on him eventually. I do as well. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that Granite Xhaka is the complete midfield player and I want him to play every week for the next five years for Arsenal. No, in an ideal world, I would like Arsenal to go and get the checkbook out and bring in what I would believe is a is a world-class central midfielder. However, that's not the reality right now. The reality is we can't afford to do that. And there are other positions that are more of a priority, in my opinion. You can get by with Xhaka and Partey. And, and I would challenge what you said about the part, him improving because of Partey. I think it is because of Arteta, because I think he looks better when he's got Ceballos next to him. I think he looks better than when he's got Elneny next to him than he did previously. And that is because the balance of the team is better defensively, we always ask questions about Granite Xhaka, but having a disciplined partner next to him, whoever it is, having fullbacks that are more aware of, um, you know, of going forward and leaving spaces than they were previously, I think has all contributed to that improvement. What, what players do you think made Granite Xhaka look bad? What players previously do you think made him look so bad? For me, it wasn't just about individual players. It was about, if you cast your mind back to the way Unai Emery played, Unai Emery's team, their only way of, of attacking was with the fullbacks. And and since Mikel Arteta has come in, what you've seen is a, a bit more balance. What you've seen is Kieran Tierney go forward and Hector Bellerin might stay back or, or vice versa. Whereas under Unai Emery, they were both bombing on all of the time, right? And what would happen is whoever was in the midfield alongside, Xhaka would bomb on as well. Teams would break on us and you'd end up in it. Do you know what? Let me... um. Let me show you what I mean for those of you watching on the video, because I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I want it to make sense. So let me just share the screen with you guys one second, because, and I know those of you on the audio won't be able to see this, but I will explain it as best as I can. So you look at that team now, and, I, and that, that's just the last team that I put on the screen. So, you know, accuracy wise, it might not be a hundred percent, but the, the, the theory is the same. What used to happen was this. You know, Arsenal's wide forwards would tuck in and Emery's wing backs or full backs, whatever, would bomb on like this. And whoever it was in the in the central midfield position alongside Jacker would also join in with a plate. And you'd end up like this. Arsenal trying to create overloads, trying to get to bylines, 
and cutting balls back. And I know another player you don't like that is, is Seo Kolasinac. He used to do that a lot for Emery, didn't he? He used to get into this position here and he used to ping balls back across the penalty area. I think he got seven or eight assists in Emery's full season, which says, you know, that that's what he was in the team to do. But the problem is when you lose the ball in a shape like this, what happens to Granit Xhaka, who we already know is immobile? You know, you're asking him essentially then to cover all of this space here by himself and it can't be done. You know, and often wingers would come down the flank, you know, a couple, of, let's chuck a couple of opposition players in there, um, you know, excuse the numbers. But what you would get was you'd get uh, three players breaking forward for the opposition, one down the flank, one down the other flank. And what would happen is there'd be a runner through the middle who would leave Granite Xhaka for dead because of his lack of pace. And, and whichever option he decides to take, whether he plays the ball out to the right or out to the left, that would split the centre-halves. It would split the centre-halves. And then you're relying on this guy, who we know isn't mobile, who we know isn't quick enough, to chase people back and leave gaping holes in the middle of Arsenal's defence. So that is that lack of balance that used to, I think, make him look worse than he is. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm just saying that since... Since uh, Arteta's come in, you don't see that so often anymore. You know, you you don't see it. If I just take this away and go back to kind of the default formation, you won't see both of the midfielders. You won't see Xhaka's partner bombing on and both of the fullbacks. It doesn't happen anymore. Maybe that's partly why we're not so effective in attack. But what you see now is you see this happen. If Partey does join in, you see Hector and Cedric has gone forward on this side. You see Holding tuck in and you see Bellerin tuck in into a narrow position. And then Xhaka's providing a screen for three players instead of two. That's the difference for me between Arteta's side and Emery's. And the record doesn't lie. You know, Arsenal defensively have improved, haven't they? 100%, mate. 100% we've improved defensively. The stats prove it. I think our defensive record about is as good as Man City's. Maybe it's just below that now due to the weekend. So you're damn right we've improved defensively, 100%. And Granit Xhaka has been much better next to Thomas Pye. I think what my my point is, is that I believe we can get an upgrade on Granit Xhaka. So therefore, I don't see him as the future of the side. Nothing about him being good enough currently. Nothing about him being a, a poor player in general. Just about, I don't see him as the future of this club. So although I think he's uh, improved alongside Thomas Party, and I don't think he's actually the, the, the player we need to be looking at currently. I think there's other op options that are worse, in my opinion. But I do sit there and think that he would need upgrading. And oh, I see some people in the chat saying, well, Arteta needs time then. But Arteta has had time to get players in that he wants. And it looks to me like he doesn't want to replace Granite Chaka. So I would be arguing to that comment that the nine signings that I think it is now he's made, which are Runnison, Ryan, Cedric, Gabriel, Pablo Marie, Ceballos, Erdegaard, Party, and Willian, are nine players that he believes are good enough to play for Arsenal. And then we have five players that he's given long-term contracts to, two of which I agree with in Saka and Aubameyang uh, and Martinelli, and obviously David Luiz and Rob Holding. So that's 14 players that he believes that he's got enough quality with moving forward. And there's only 25 that we can pick. So he's had enough time to look at this squad. He's had enough time to give them a trial. He's certainly done better with the outgoings. I think outgoings in this transfer window is probably a 10 out of 10 for me. I mean, I hated Kalasinac and Mustafi and I was not a fan of Mesut Ozil. So getting rid of them along with Socrates, I thought was a good bit of business personally, even though we got no money for them. 
get them away, get them out of the club and remove the poison. And I feel like he has had enough time to work with this team. I don't believe that it's ready. I don't believe it's good enough. And I do believe there's five or six players needed in the side. But I don't feel like this manager is doing enough with this current crop of players to fill me with confidence bringing in uh, more players. Because I don't see how we look so much better with Gabriel and Party in the side that everybody was crying out for in those two positions for the last 12, 15 years. I don't see how amazing we are with those two players. I think Party gives us more balance in midfield. And I think although Gabriel has been rusty, he's probably our best centre-half overall. I don't believe personally we're looking at that and saying, wow, that has transformed our team because we're currently in 11th place. And I don't understand where we're going, Harry, in terms of progress. I'm worried. I'm, I'm genuinely worried. Would you agree that if we, if we had our best 11, right, our best 11 fit every single game, do you think Arsenal would be in a better position league-wise than they are now? Uh, that's a really good question. I think we'd be better than 11th, um, but we'd be nowhere near where we should be because I don't see a style of play and an understanding of this from this manager of um, how we would take three points in most of the games. And that's what we'd need to get us ahead towards 6th uh, or 7th, which is where we want to be finishing because we come 8th last year. So surely we'd have to come 7th at least to show progress this season. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure. so sure. I'm not so sure that he could do that. I hope I'm wrong. Listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he makes me eat my words and I think, wow, this is an amazing team that I'm looking at. If we had our best 11, I would worry what our best 11 was because his best 11 to me is not the best 11 that he sees. He sees Willian as, as a brilliant player. He sees, you know, Rob Holding as the best centre-half we've got. He sees Granit Xhaka as the best mid centre midfielder. He sees, you know, different things to in, what I see. In so, fairness, though, in fairness, though, Willian, apart from you know, the FA Cup game at Southampton where he clearly rotated most of the team. Willian hasn't been starting football matches for Arsenal. Not he's, now. Been brought, he's been brought on a couple of times, but of late, he, since this whole shift, since the whole switch of formation where Emil Smith-Rowe came in, etc., etc., Willian hasn't really had a look in in the starting eleven. So you've got to take that into account. I think we've we've suffered because the depth is not there anymore. You know, oh, we definitely. had... We, we had too many players at the football club and we've mentioned all the ones that he moved on. But the reality is the way things are at the moment and whatever the cause of that is, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's bad management in the past, we can debate that all day. But the, the bottom line is that we have had to move players out before we could bring players in. And in moving those players out, the Mustafis, the Urzils, the Kalasinaches, the Socratises, that's four squad players gone. So then you have to accept that while we're going through this process, if you like, of rebuilding the team, we're going to be short at some point. And the difference in the performances between the game at Southampton in the league and the game at Southampton in the cup, where he played the first 11 in the league and the, the rotated 11 um, in the cup was massive. The drop off was huge. And, and since that win over Chelsea, I don't think we've played badly in any game apart from that Southampton one in the cup. So the issue is here that we're, we're, we're going through the rest of the season with players injured, players suffering from fatigue. We no longer have the depth to bring people in. Um, and when we do bring people in, the ones that we've got are just not good enough anymore. And, and this is the issue we have. So I feel like he's handicapped a little bit at the moment. And, and that's just, you know, it, it's not for me 
an excuse. I don't want to see Arsenal in 11th. If Arsenal finish in 11th, I'll be disappointed massively. Um, but I also I accept think that, I think he's on. got some options from the bench though now because he brought on Aubameyang, who's uh, our record's um, wages a week and our, our best and our captain and our best striker, so-called. He's got Martinelli as an option. He's got Danny Sabahis as an option. He's got Martin Erdegaard as an option. He can only bring on three subs. I think personally that we have got some players there now for him to use. I don't agree that I disagree that the squad is not good enough, but I do believe that he should be doing better with this squad of players. I don't believe that there's four or five of them that should be in the team moving forward. However, we should be much better, mate, than 11th in the league. It's just it's just crazy, isn't it, that we are 11th in the league. And we're in February, by the way, not like, you know, the first few weeks of the season. Um, we're halfway through the season and I think we've, we've lost nine. We've, we've lost 10 games now. We're halfway yeah. through. I mean, unbelievable. I remember you saying that Chelsea lost 12 games last season and got top four. So that's definitely not going to happen because we're definitely going to lose two more. And I worry, Harry, because I've got to go in a minute, but I worry for the, for the, the fixtures, mate, um, coming up. You know, we've got Leeds, which will be a tough game. We've got Benfica twice. We've got Man City. We've got Burnley away, which is never easy. We've got Liverpool coming up. We've got Spurs coming up at home again. We've got Leicester coming up. Like, wow, unbelievable. Yeah, there's there's plenty of, of football still to be played. Lots of difficult, um, difficult games coming up as well. You know, it's not going to be easy um, for Arsenal to to recover from the position they find themselves in. There's no doubt about that. Um, but just trying to kind of look at the bigger picture, just trying to scratch beneath the surface a little bit to work out whether that progress is actually there. Because I think it's a good debate. And, and obviously that's why I wanted you to come on, Dan. So thank you. I know you've got to dash and get back to work, but thank you for, Cheers, for giving us some time, mate. May absolute pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. I love this channel. And uh, make sure you subscribe and like this video, man, and, uh, and support Harry because what he does is great, great content. So uh, cheers for having me on, man. Much appreciate. Cheers, mate. That was the Take brilliant... Care, mate. Dan Potts uh, joining me here on the Chronicles of Aguna to debate whether Mikel Arteta's process is working or not. And it is a good debate. You know, I, I, I can understand that whilst I give one side of the argument, I can understand that there is another side of it as well. Um, you know, I'm not stupid enough to think that everything Mikel Arteta has done in his Arsenal tenure to date is absolutely spot on. You know, I'm not naive enough to think that, but I'm just trying to look below the surface and I tried to look below the surface with Unai Emery and I couldn't. And that's why I feel like with Arteta, there is a little bit more hope. You know, the the, the fact that we're going through this rebuild it is going to take some time. We, we've all got to accept that. Um, and, and I said it uh, earlier on on the show, you know, if we do get to a point where whereby we reflect on the whole season and the league position isn't good and we miss out on Europe and... I'm not persuaded by it, then yeah, maybe it would be time um, for a change. But I'm still I'm still hanging on with Mikel Arteta. I really am because I do feel like the circumstances in which he's taken over the club are much more difficult than those that Unai Emery did. I think that we'd fallen further by the time Emery left. And people talk about him having a better team. He might have a better first 11. But in terms of his squad, it isn't very strong anymore. Um, we talk about people coming off the bench. We had a half fit Aubameyang come off the bench. We, we've we had a Kieran Tierney who's been in and out of the team with problems. We haven't seen the best of Thomas Partey yet who struggled to keep fit. We lost Gabriel to COVID. You know, we've had a lot of problems, a lot of problems. Um, and, and, you know, I take encouragement from the recent performances because like I said, I feel like since that Chelsea win on Boxing Day, the performances have been a lot better 
overall, barring that FA Cup game. Uh, big thank you to Ingars for his uh, very kind Super Chat donation. He's backing up Dan's point. He says, exactly, Dan, 10 losses already with 15 games left. Yeah, and, and that's not ideal, is it? It's not ideal at all. And sometimes, though, you have to look beyond the result when you're assessing progress. And I said it right at the top of the program. I get that for people, for most people, results are the be-all and end-all. Results are the... um you know, results are what you're measured upon. But some of those results, some of those defeats, you've got to look at the circumstances in which they came. You look at the Wolves defeat. Would you pin that on Mikel Arteta? I wouldn't. Um, you look at the Leicester defeat at home where we struggled to break down a very good side, by the way, who are flying high in the Premier League. You know, a side who currently sit in third place. We struggled to break them down. We got done by a late sucker punch. You know, and there's a couple of other games over the course of the season you can look at and say that, you know, we didn't quite make it. And yes, to me, the results are very important. You know, I want Arsenal to finish up as high as possible. You talk about Alcott mentions the five red cards as well. The results are obviously the priority. Um, but I do think the other factors have made this season incredibly difficult. Uh, the factors I've talked about. And I also think that the club, and, and whether you agree with this or not, I think that the club w were fully on board uh, with Mikel Arteta in the sense of they knew this was going to be a rebuild and they knew there would be some pain and suffering before we get to where we want to be. So let's see. Um, let's see how it goes. But appreciate all the comments, loving all the interaction in the chat. Uh, so thank you all so much. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for coming along. Don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you hit the like button on the video. It's so, so important. Uh, let me check in uh where you guys are at hold on a second in terms of likes where are we at on the likes whoops i should turn the volume down on my phone we've got over 225 of you watching on youtube alone but we've only got 61 likes guys so let's get that um up to 100 by the time the outro plays please uh it'll be much appreciated and if you want to become a member of the chronicles of aguna youtube channel uh we've got our next uh, piece of members only content dropping this afternoon it's a feature on pierre emmerich Abamyang and his dipping form this season so get involved click on the link in the description become a member um and i look forward uh I look forward to chatting to you guys on that one a little bit later on. Smash the like button. Mr. Red Ant is asking in the chat how we can get on the show. We'll be doing a fans phone in in the next few days. So stay tuned for information on that. And you're more than welcome to join us uh, and come and have a chat. Big hello to John Page as well. Um, he says, who should start at Leeds? I'm going to save that for the Leeds United preview, mate. Uh, that is going to be coming your way um, in the next couple of days. So keep your eyes peeled on that. Obviously, we'll have some... Uh, We'll have some team news by then as well, which will be helpful. And uh, yeah, look forward to chatting to you guys soon. Until then, take care. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.